Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to our weekly Bible study. And uh, for our Bible study today, I'm going to look at a passage from Exodus that um, we didn't really get a chance to touch on uh, last weekend. And this is one of the lectionary readings that is set for this time of the year. It's a very well-known story. Um, just after I've prayed for us, I will explain, and then we will have a look at that. So let me just offer a word of prayer, and then we can get into our Bible study for, for this week. So Lord, we commit to you this time. Thank you for the gift of your word. And as we listen and reflect on a very well-known story, help us to learn some new insight and uh, to see your hand of guidance within our lives. And so we pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so friends, two questions that I want you to just pose to us as we begin the Bible study that hopefully will get your creative juices flowing and um, will kind of overlay our, our discussion today. So the first one is, if you had to eat the same food day after day, how long do you think it would take before you got tired of that meal? So I don't know what your favorite meal is, but let's say you enjoy uh, smoothly for breakfast, for example, or you enjoy a braai um, in, in the evening. You know, how long would it take if you had to eat that same meal day after day before eventually you would get tired of it? And then the second question is, um, what does the Sabbath rest mean for you? So two very different questions, but you'll see now in, in a moment why I'm, I'm asking those questions. So our reading today comes from Exodus 16. It's the story of how Moses and Aaron led the people of Israel through the wilderness and how they um, were hungry and thirsty and how God provided for them. What I'm going to ask, because the, the reading is quite long, um, chapter 16 goes all the way from verse 1 to verse 35, um, in fact, no, 36, is if you, if you could just maybe even pause this recording for a moment and, and read through the whole chapter yourself first um, and then come back to the audio because I'm going to assume as I go through um, the Bible study that we have read this chapter 16. Um, like I said, it's too long to read it and then go verse by verse because that Bible study could become two or three parts in a, in a series. So if you'd like to do that now, I'll give you a moment. Um, just press pause, do the reading, and then we can come back together. Okay, so I've given you a quick pause there. I'm hoping that some of you have done that. But the story before us is entitled in most Bibles, a, a little heading at the top of the chapter, Manna and Quail from Heaven depending which translation you're reading, obviously you may have something slightly different. But the idea is that as the Israelite community came out of, of the wilderness and they came through to the desert of Sin, uh, which is between Elam and Sinai, they began to, to get hungry. So things were not working out as they had hoped and planned. And so they start to complain. They say to Moses, look, you know, if... <laughs> You know, if we'd actually just stayed in Egypt as bad as things were, at least we had meat to eat. Um, and and now it seems like you brought us into the desert to starve us. So then we have this conversation between the Lord and Moses in, in verse 4, where the Lord says to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. 
Um, and this obviously is a um, an indication of the manna that was about to come. And then if, if you carry on reading, and you would have noticed this, that, that God gives them specific instructions that um, they are to collect in the morning this this manna, these flakes that was they were on the ground, um, and that they were to trust God that every day that they would be there. And then um, on the sixth day, they were to then collect double the amount, and they were then to cook that so it would last them for the Sabbath. Now, if you go down to verse 15 quickly, if you have your Bible there, you will see that um, the word manna comes from the question the Israelites asked, which was, what is it? So when the Israelites saw the flakes um, on the ground in the morning, they asked, what is it? They didn't know what it was. And so that word manna is is very, very similar to what is it? Okay. And, and it's interesting that when you read through, you know, the Lord in providing for them made sure that everyone had more than enough to eat. They could gather as much as they needed to eat. Um, and, and God took care of them in the mornings. Then also in the evenings, um, he promised that he would um, shower down what was quail. And so they had meat to eat in the evenings. You would find that in verse 7 and 8. Um, and and this was God's way of providing bread in the morning or manna in the morning and meat in the evening. And this was a direct result of the people's grumbling. So um, important that verse 9 indicates to us that, that both Moses and Aaron were to communicate to the people that God had heard their cry, God had heard their grumbling. And that's an important thing just to throw out there today also, that God hears us. I think each of us, um, if we're honest, without spiritualizing the whole experience, if, if we had found ourselves journeying through a foreign land or a desert, suddenly becoming hungry and, and also thirsty, we would question, you know, God's God's decision. Yes, setting us free, obviously the delight of that and now uh, no longer slaves, but then, you know, going into the desert, they didn't yet know how God was going to make this work out. And so they called out to God, they grumbled. And although Moses became like the lightning rod, as it were, he was the one who then went to God on behalf of the people and then reported back. Um, so so we have this, this moment of people crying out, God hearing, and then God responding through Moses, who became like the priest or the intermediary. Um, between God and the people. So so here's the question that I asked you just now about eating the same food, because the Israelites themselves would have eaten, as far as we can read here, for years, 40 years, the same food in the morning and the same food in the evening. Now, I, I just think that if I think of myself, um, I don't mind cornflakes, I don't mind muesli, I don't mind many things for breakfast, but I think if I ate it every day, 365 days a year, 40 years, I think, well, I don't even know if I'd last one year. But after a while, I think I'd grow tired of it, just would need some kind of variety. The same with the evening meal. Look, I, I love a bry like most people, but I think if I was brying chicken or quail every day of the year for 40 years, eventually I would want something different. But the the point is not not what our food tastes are like and what our diet is. The point of this story uh, for us is that God provides. 
Um, God provides in the most unlikely way, um, and and God hears our cries, and God provides something for us. Now, now that I think is a take home for for all of us. Um, that's you know we we must remember that just as God delivered the Israelites, He also took care of them daily as they journeyed to the promised land. Now. We we remember the Lord's Prayer at a moment like this, and it's interesting how the Lord's Prayer can tie in with many, many things, is that when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he taught them to have faith in God, not as a once-off thing, but as on a daily basis. Give us this day our daily bread. Um, we say that in the prayer sometimes without even thinking it. Now, in modern times, we are very fortunate. We, we have... Um, cupboards where we can keep food, uh, preserve food. We've got fridges that can keep food. So many of us don't need to go to the shops on a daily basis or to collect manna or quail on a daily basis. We can go to our cupboards or our fridge to get food. So maybe in a way we forget um, to to trust God daily. We, we trust that our bank cards will be able to buy us the groceries but this this reminder from the story in Exodus 16 is that God took care of their needs every day. And it was about trust, which is why I also asked the question about the Sabbath. Because when, when Moses gave the people the instructions about what to do um, on the day before the Sabbath with the manna, it was with strict instructions that the Sabbath was to be a day of rest. So... God still took care of them in preparation for the Sabbath. He said, you know, you must um, pick up twice the amount and boil it and bake it so that it, you, know, you don't have to do anything the next day. It's not going to go off. You'll be able to eat it. Um, and, and so this was God's way also of providing two things. One was rest and the other thing was uh, sustenance for the people on, on that day of rest. Now, I find it interesting that if you read verse 27, and I think this is typical um, of us as human beings, is that even though God had given Moses the instructions, Moses had told the people what to do, verse 27 says, Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather the manna, but they found none. And then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and instructions? So, like I say, human nature sometimes, uh, not sometimes, often begins to move towards dependence, self-reliance. And here we have it very clear that God has just told the Israelites, listen, rest. You don't need to go and collect anything. There's going to be nothing on the seventh day. But people think they know more or they are better than God. And so some people still ventured out whether they were being greedy, whether they were just not trusting God, that's for perhaps another conversation. But the point is that they didn't find anything and they had to learn the hard way that when God promised something that God would keep his word. And I think that this comes back to this whole point of the Sabbath for each of us because we, we look in our present time where it seems that our present culture, and this is a, a global culture, but very much in the Western Western world, is we glorify busyness. Um, and, and we catch ourselves sometimes sort of almost congratulating each other on how busy we are. 
very seldom do you hear somebody congratulating you or myself on well done for taking a day's rest. Um, it's almost like we feel guilty for taking a day's rest or a day's Sabbath. But God knew that for us to function at our optimal, that God wanted us to rest, both our bodies, our minds, our spirits. And that rest was for us. It was to honor God, our creator, the one who knows us best. But also it was a statement on our behalf. It is a statement on our behalf, a statement of faith and trust. It's to say, Lord, yes, I've got so much to do in my life, so many things, but I want to pause for one day in the week at least. That becomes a day where I rest, I recuperate, but it also means that I can trust you to help me to get everything else done um, that needs to get done. I think this also would tie in with our, our understanding and our attitude towards giving. Um, it's that by giving to others or giving to God, we are trusting God with what is left. You know, whether you give the 10% or whether you give more or less, whatever, I'm not going to get into that now. But it's to say, Lord, I trust you that I can give this away, knowing that you will help me um, to survive and to be sustained on, on what is left. You've given me all things, and so I give give back to you. Um, and so this is one of the, the lessons that the Israelites were slow to learn and needed to keep learning. Um, we, we talk about the fact that there were so many lessons that they had to learn while going through um, the wilderness, lessons that took a generation or two to, to work out, um, to trust in God, to trust that God would provide for them. Um, and it's a lesson that we still are learning today, even in our, even in our own times. It's interesting that, well, certainly for me, that um, God instructed Moses to to collect some of this manna and to keep it for generations to come. Um, I really don't know what that would have tasted like, or I don't think it was meant to be tasted, but just to be seen as a reminder. And and often in the Old Testament we have this, where either they building um, a monument or placing stones or something, but it's a it's a monument, it's, a, it's a, a visual reminder of how God has kept his promise. So in the years to come when they were taken, were taken out that jar and they'd seen the omer of manna in that, um, as well as the, um, the Ten Commandments that were stored in the, um, in the Ark of the Covenant, they would have remembered, oh yes, there was a time when we were in the desert, it looked like we were going to starve, we cried out to God and God provided for us. Sure, it wasn't a gourmet breakfast with filter coffee and fruit and croissants and all those kind of things, but God provided enough for us to survive on. And then in the evening, he gave us protein and meat so that we were able to also live and not just to survive, but to, to thrive. And so I guess the question for us today is, um, Coming back to that whole thing of trusting God for our provision, um, trusting that God is the one who gives to us each day as a gift from him, but then also to, to wrestle with the Sabbath. What does it mean to rest? Um, and, and how easy or hard do you find that? Um, and, and we, in our Bible study last night, we also had a look at a passage from Hebrews, which I'm going to just refer you to. Because um, one could also read this passage in conjunction with the Exodus chapter 16. 
So in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4 it is, um, we find that the writer of Hebrews, obviously speaking to the uh, the Israelites, the Jewish nation, is, is reminding them um, that Jesus is the great high priest. Uh, he, he has come to to supersede, if that's the right language, to supersede all other priests and to be the representation of, of God to the people. But in Hebrews chapter 4, we, we have a reference to a, a Sabbath rest. Um, and so if you are, are following today and you want to flick across in your Bible to Hebrews, um, we can have a look at this together. Um, so if you have that open... Do that. So Hebrews chapter four. If you, Hebrews chapter one speaks about how the Son is superior to the angels, and then how Jesus is greater than Moses. But then chapter four it speaks about a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And, and let me read this. It says, "Since the promise of entering God's rest still stands, let us be careful that none of us be found to have fallen short. For we also have the gospel preached to us, just as they did." This is talking about the people who are being led to the promised land. Um, but the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. Now we who have believed enter that rest just as God has said. And there's a quote here um, which says, So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. So this was when the people kept rebelling against God. He said this to them in the in the wilderness. And then we come to verse 4 of Hebrews 4. It says, For somewhere God has spoken about the seventh day in these words, and on the seventh day God rested from all his work. And again in the passage above, they shall never enter my rest. It still remains, the writer of Hebrews says, chapter, chapter 4, verse 6, that some will enter that rest, and those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Um, and then it carries on speaking about Joshua and the rest and so on. So I think it's it's um, just another another take on that idea of Sabbath rest, that Sabbath rest can mean literally one day in the week, but it also the sense of being at peace with God, that shalom with God. Um, and perhaps that Sabbath rest that we we take weekly, hopefully, or um, when when we should be taking it, so we could enter into that space, that peace with God. It's a foretaste, a forerunner of what it will be like to be in the presence of God for eternity. That perpetual rest, that that heavenly rest, which we are invited to to share by trusting in Jesus. Now, that's the point I wanted to make. We, when we trust in Jesus. Uh, for our labors in the six days by resting on the seventh day, we are also symbolically saying we trust in Jesus for our life, this earthly life as well as our eternal life. So, friends, I, I'm going to probably, yeah, I think I think we've, we've shared enough today. Um, if you want to join this passage, because remember, like I said, this Exodus 16 was set as one of the lectionary readings for last Sunday, where um, Errol Gray shared about the, the parable of the workers in the vineyards. Um, and you're probably wondering, you know, what is the connection between the two passages? And I think the, the obvious connection between them is God's generosity. God's generosity to the people in the wilderness was providing for them, that he wasn't just going to set them free, 
um, say, hey, guys, I'm setting you free from Egypt. Carry on, go for it. Uh, I'll leave you to fend for yourselves in the desert. But no, he was going to provide for them. And he, he heard their grumbling and he, and he responded to that. But that God's great generosity extends not just to the physical things like food and water, because that comes up in chapter 17 of Exodus, but the generosity also extends to things like rest, the creation and what God has given to us. Um, and, and that ties in with how the, the owner of the vineyard was generous with his money in giving the workers the same amount of money, whether they worked from all day or just late on in the day, which obviously caused some people some distress. But the point behind that was that it was God who was generous And who are we to question his generosity? So friends, I'm going to leave it there. God bless you. Um, As you reflect on these two passages, I pray that there's been something for you to chew on. And uh, may you have a blessed rest of the week. Amen.